grab our Bibles and make a confession together. Let's say, Heavenly Father, you have my attention. You have my heart. You hold my heart. It's all about you. My heart's desire is to please you in every way, every day. And I understand faith. And it's faith that pleases you. And it's faith that moves your heart. And so I'm lockstep in with you. I'm teachable. I'm moldable. And I'm excited to receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it really truly is an honor to get to preach and teach and stand at this pulpit. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, uh, my parents taking me out to dinner, or for lunch, rather, on a Sunday afternoon. I, were, I grew up working at Lakewood, and, and my dad was John Osteen's right-hand man for many years and did all the weddings and funerals and so forth at Lakewood. And, um, but I was a teenager, and I worked with, with Pastor Joel in the television ministry, and so I worked on Sundays. So that was a big deal to ask off. And he uh, sat me down and they, he laid out the vision of this church and asked me to be a part of it. And uh, I kind of didn't get it all in that one meal. You know, I was thinking of all the things that I would have to give up at Lakewood. Do I really want to do that? And uh, obviously I did. And here we are. And, um, but I just, I love my parents and I love the sacrifices that they've made so that, uh, the next generation can be taught the word of God. Amen? Excuse me. So if you'll turn with me in your Bible to Joshua chapter 1, and uh, we'll start in verse 1 and read a really familiar story. Everybody's going to know it. Everybody will have read it a hundred times maybe. But let's pull some new nuggets of truth out of it. And it says, I'm going to read out of the New King James Version, Joshua 1, starting in verse 1. And it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that your soul of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, Lee, don't worry about it, but I'm going to read that one verse just out of the New Living Translation one more time, verse 3, because it's a little bit clear. It says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. Amen. Verse 4. From the wilderness and... and Okay, so then here is the the meets and bounds of that land, right? Uh... This Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the go down uh, of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. We have that same promise, don't we, in the New Testament? Be strong and of good courage for For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, here it is again, be strong and very courageous. How many of you realize it's not optional? You must be 
strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all that the law of Moses, of which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand nor to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. In other words, wherever you set your foot, that's the land that God's given you. And wherever you go, you're going to prosper, right? Let's keep reading two more verses. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all, not just some, that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Isn't it funny? Like the world is always trying to come up with leadership seminars that uh, how to prosper and how to have good success, but it's laid out really clear. All we have to do is know what's in, the, in, what's in God's word and obey it and, uh, and observe to do accordingly to all of it, and you're going to prosper in all your ways, and you're going to have good success. One more verse, verse 9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? There it is the third time, right? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, And then, you know, it didn't just end right there. It says one more time, wherever you go. So wherever you go is in there twice. Um, But also verse three, wherever you set your foot, that's the land I've given you. So in other words, wherever Joshua was, was gonna lead them, he was gonna be, he was gonna have good success and he was gonna prosper. And, um, and the Lord was never gonna leave him nor forsake him, right? And so, you know, I just wanted to preach a, uh, a message entitled, Go Already. Go Already. Like, have you ever been behind somebody at a red light and it turns green and they don't go? That's really like it's a terrible phenomenon going on in our society. Just a quick uh, p- public service announcement regarding road rage. In all seriousness, road rage issues are way up in our society right now, and it's just not worth it to engage in any of that behavior. So I just encourage you to encouraging myself in the Lord, because if I don't encourage myself, nobody else is going to encourage me, amen, to do the right thing. Anyways, so, uh, but seriously, uh, we need to be careful. So I always like, you know, I was behind somebody, you know, Selena and I were coming home and the light turned green, they didn't go. And I was like, if, I don't know if I should honk. Especially, you know, and I just, the person behind me honked, but that's all it took. And he got behind me and started following me, but not for long, praise the Lord. Anyways, um, but no, I didn't, I wasn't an idiot. I didn't just drive straight home, right? Uh, I passed up my neighborhood and just kept going at a high rate of speed anyways. um, But any, like God protects us, but you know, how many of you really, you're behind somebody and they, they should go, the, the light is green. I don't know if they're afraid. I don't know if they're distracted, but it's all in our society. And I'm telling you, there are things, there are dreams and visions and desires that God's dropped in your heart. You've got a green light and you're sitting there and, and, and uh, you don't have to fast and pray and wonder about it and and no, you just need to go. You need to just step out in faith. And the feeling that you have when you, after you step out in faith and you know that you're obeying God, I'm telling you, um, you're invincible. And I, I keep saying that, that same quote over and over. It's kind of the quote of my life this year is uh, a quote that Mark Hankins says of F.F. F. Bosworth who was a you know, man of God, evangelist way back before the 20s, I think. Um, and it says, if you, 
if you want what God wants for the same reasons that God wants them, you're invincible. And it really, it allows me to check my motives when I think that way. Hey, I want exactly what God wants, but I don't just want it. I want it for the same reasons that God wants it. And then boom, I can check my motives right then and right there. Hey, uh, am I being real? Am I being sincere? Do, do, I, do I really want this to happen for what God wants it to? God, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond not my will, but your will be done. It's kind of beyond that prayer. And, uh, and it's also beyond, you know, it starts with a prayer of consecration, but it goes beyond that, right? And so um, I, I believe that, uh, well, I'm just going to say it for me. I refuse to sit at the green light and not move any longer. I'm moving. I'm stepping out. Amen. And so, uh, you know, like we prayed over our pastor tonight, I'm a man under authority and I just see some lands that, you know, we just read about Joshua, right? He's going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, into new lands. And he's going to lead them across the Jordan that they didn't want to cross. And you know, I see our pastor leading us into fresh opportunities, fresh lands, and I see myself um, as a man under authority doing my part to play a part in that, right? And so uh, we're going to possess, and so we're going to possess our land. And so recently, a couple weeks ago, Selena and I, actually my whole entire family, was in Mark Hankins' camp meeting, uh, and I just had a small, a short clip of that, Lee, whenever you're ready. If you can just roll that, you don't have to dim the lights or anything. It's pretty short. Which screen will it be on? Hallelujah. Amen. Almost every time I'm preaching, I'll say, Dad Hagen laid his hands on me, placed some of his honor upon me to carry the glory, to carry the message of faith. He laid his hands upon me. He laid his hands upon me. You need somebody to tap you on the head and slap you on the head, amen, and say, I believe I received the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I can, I can stand in the office God called me to stand in no matter where I came from and who else thinks I'm qualified or not qualified. I received the anointing. God sent me here for such a time as this this and the hand of the Lord is upon my life and the word of God's in my mouth. I am well able to possess the land. I'm well able. God has equipped me and anointed me for his plan and purpose and I receive the anointing. Ha ha, what do you say about that? Ha 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 ha. So we are well able to possess the land. I got bopped on the head. So does Selena. I think Selena got bopped in the head Stronger than I did, but hallelujah, we're still here to tell about it. Um, but I'm telling you, we are well able to possess the land. And so in order to possess, we've got to go. We, we've got a green light to possess, right? And so, uh, you know, I'm not going to preach all about possession, but to possess uh, also means to dispossess. So there's going to be, I'm telling you, in order for you to go into new lands, and experience new opportunities, you might end up being your boss's boss. You're going to pass people up. You're going to have so much favor upon your life that you're going to skip steps. And you're going to look back a year from now and be like, oh my goodness, how in the world did I make it from, you know, so far so quickly, right? And that's because of possession, the law of possession and the law of, of dispossession. You, you're, you're, you're taking it by force, right? 
And so um, I just wanted to, let's, let's start with a, a story that we've, you know, another one in the Bible, Jesus walking on the water. If you'll turn with me to Matthew 14, and I don't think I'm going to read it. I think I'm just going to, we all know the story, right? Um, so Jesus is walking on the water and the disciples are in the boat, right? And, uh, and they think they don't recognize that it's Jesus. They think it's some kind of a ghost, right? And, uh, and Peter was the first to say anything. And uh, Jesus, is that you? And uh, Jesus answered, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. I, I, I'll jump right out of the boat. And so what does, he, what does Jesus say? He says, come on. And uh, do you think, how do you think it really happened? Do you think at that moment that Peter just leaped out of the boat? Or do you think maybe he looked around first and he was like, James, uh, your feet are bigger than mine. And God, I got those, those webbed toes and maybe you can, I'm kidding with my, my brother over here. Uh, maybe you swim a little bit better than I do, but maybe, maybe you'd be better at this. And, uh, you know, maybe he looked at John, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe I've enjoyed some fish tacos too much. And, and am I really going to be able to walk on this water? And so what does he do? He does, and he does walk. And so, um, let's see, in verse 29, it says, and when Peter came, had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So how many of you realize that little faith walked on the water? Little faith walked on the water. He did do it. But then in verse 30, what happened? He got uh, really concerned with the wind and the, and the waves and boom, what, what, what really happened is he allowed fear to take over. And the moment that he allowed fear to take over, boom, he started sinking, save me, save me. Then he kind of freaked out, right? And Jesus, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus let him drown? No, he saved him, right? But this is an interesting part of the story too. Um, let's see, verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And I just, that statement, I've just gone, you know, and when they got into the boat, like it takes faith to get back into the boat, you know? Were, were all the rest of the disciples going to laugh at Peter? Were they going to give him a hard time? I really do see that that's a problem in the body of Christ, you know? Here, Peter had the, he was the only one that had the faith to get out of the boat. And uh, I don't believe that happened, first of all. But, but secondly, I just, I see that when, when other people are down, we like to shoot people when they're down. And that's just, uh, that's not the character of God, obviously. But if we would rally around people, especially in this body, in this church, especially, you know, people are going to fall. People are going to fail. People are going to trip. And we need to be right there to lend them a hand and lift them back up and, and, uh, and pray them back into happy fellowship here at Glorious Way Church. You may do a TV ad anyways. Um, so they got back into the boat. And so, um, you know, just a few things that we can learn about this story and then we'll go on. And um, number one, we need to recognize and discern when it's actually the Lord. You know, uh, they had a hard time recognizing Jesus walking on the water, right? How many of you, myself included, I know I, know I have a, a lot of times, I will just misinterpret the situation and not realize that was God until boom, the situation went right past me. And I'm like, oh, that was God. Well, it's too late now. Then I have to pray, Lord, please forgive me. If there's any way to bring that situation back or that opportunity back around, 
you know, put me right back there. I'll, I'll do the right thing. I'll say the right thing this time, you know, but we don't always get a second chance, do we? We need to be quick to discern and recognize when it is the Lord. And then we need to be quick to obey, to get out of the boat, right? And so, um, Number two is just having the faith to, to, to get out of the boat. It's not comfortable, is it? Uh, it can be a little bit uh, scary if you look at, look at it in the natural. But you're looking at it with supernatural eyes. You're not see, you're not, it doesn't really matter how big the waves are. Don't you think if his faith was enough, he would have just walked on the water. Jesus was doing it. Jesus wasn't concerned at how... how uh, you know, the wind is what produces the waves, but it didn't, you know, it didn't matter to Jesus how strong the wind was, right? And so the wind didn't cease until they got in the boat. So Jesus had, you know, so, so the storm may, might be brewing all around us, but we're going to obey to jump out of the boat, right? When God tells us to. And then uh, to get rid of fear, doubt, and discouragement. Uh, that's number three. Uh, we need to get rid of fear, doubt, and discouragement. And uh, I'll just quote Second Timothy 1.7. The Lord hasn't, hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, right? A sound mind. And so um, what does fear do? Fear um, is a thief and it freezes us in place. It's, it really is the number one reason why we're stuck on a green light, why we're not going. Um, I have all kind of driving examples, but, you know, you, like, you just have to be patient. I, th- I, think, I think when that's us, God is patient with us. You know, um, you know Peter was a little bit of a slow learner in this situation, and I, I kind of, uh, I have a lot of talking to Peter to do when I get to heaven, because I, I seem to relate a lot to, um, to Peter, because like, more than any other disciple, man, his, his mistakes are just all laid out, aren't they? And uh, man, he denied Jesus three times and so on and so forth. I use them in so many different uh, examples when I'm preaching because I've had so, so many things in my own life where I was slow to recognize. And so, uh, but we're working on it. How do, how do, we, uh, how do we improve our recognition? Is, it starts by faith, right? And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to fill ourselves up with faith. And so uh, fear is what freezes us, right? And so two big things that the devil uses to stop us from possess, possessing our land is fear and doubt. And so fear is, um, at the root, all fear is centered in the fear of dying, right? I think this was Peter's uh, center issue as well. He was afraid of drowning. And so as soon as he, w- he was afraid of how big the waves were, how strong the wind was blowing, he was basically... Uh, afraid of for his life, right? And so uh, we must resist that fear. Um, and, the, and the way to do that, um, you know, it could be fear of injury, fear of pain, fear of people, fear of people, what people think, uh, fear of defeat, fear of embarrassment. Um, you know, resist all of that fear. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And uh, you know, it, it really is the devil. All discouragement it, uh, uh, comes from the devil. It really is uh, born of the devil. And so if we would come against that as, as strong as we come against sin, right? Um, you know, obviously we need to come against sin, all sin. All sin is, is wrong and is bad and, and uh, 
you know, we, we tend the LGBTQ movement and all of, all of the mess right there. We, we tend to be really vocal against that movement. But I'm telling you, we need to be equally as vocal against the, uh, the discouragement that the devil tries to bring in depression because that's uh, also just uh, never, it's at a huge level in our society is, is people being depressed, uh, the spirit of suicide, and, uh, and people walk in here with real problems. They're facing, uh, and, and they don't see the real solution. And it's our job, every single one of our jobs, not just the person standing here preaching, but every, like literally from the first person uh, that they meet when they walk in the door to everybody that they come in contact with should be full of love and full of the power of God and recognize that that's an opportunity to pull somebody out of that depression before they ever really reach the altar, before they really have an, uh, an, um, an opportunity to respond to an altar call, right? Obviously, we, we provide an atmosphere where they can uh, receive deliverance, where they can receive freedom, right? And there's an anointing here. Amen. So, um, but all discouragement is from the devil. And so we must fight discouragement as strong as we fight sin. And then the last is doubt. And uh, the biggest thing to come against doubt is the Holy Spirit. And uh, because we have the greater one that lives on the inside of us, we can crush doubt, right? Amen. So we have the power to crush doubt. And so... Um, um, hallelujah. Let's see. So just, you know... I have one more point before I get to it, just um, discovering your passion, discovering your, uh, your fire again. Let's just go ahead and, and turn to First uh, Timothy. First Timothy 1, 5, and I will have to act like an old person, get my glasses. <sighs> Except I'm in, did I write it down wrong? Is it Second is it Timothy? It's Second Timothy, isn't it? Oh, it is. That's what I did. All right, simple mistake. Second Timothy 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance, this is Paul encouraging Timothy um, we're talking about possessing our land. We're talking about moving on a green light. Paul is encouraging Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded. In other words, there is evidence. I have seen the evidence that it is in you also. And so it's good to have a spiritual father that recognizes that your faith. You know, uh, all tonight we've talked about how faith pleases God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so it's by faith that we move his heart. It's by faith that we please him. And so here is, is uh, um, Paul. I didn't say Peter, did I? It's, it's Paul uh, recognizing that faith in Timothy. And so... Um, therefore, I remind you, verse 6, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. There's that scripture again. But it's, uh, 
you know, we've all had hands laid upon us. We believe in uh, laying on of hands around here, right? And so pastor just this morning laid his hands on me. And uh, you saw me in that clip getting, getting my head bopped a little bit. But, you know, again, with the ministry of laying on of hands, and I'm telling you, um, we need to honor uh, supernatural relationships that God's given us. And so I consider my dad, our senior pastor, a, uh, my father in the faith, and I had kind of a grandfather in the faith, you know, John Osteen. And so I, I have a heritage similar. We all have a heritage. We could, we could talk for, for days. We could pass the microphone around all week long and talk about the heritage of faith that we have in our lives. And, and uh, in Timothy's case, it happened to be his mother and his grandmother. But in your case, it might be others. It might be your pastor or a former pastor or wherever you got saved. Um, that poured into you, that laid hands on you, and that, um, but now we're under authority of our pastor, and he recognizes the faith that we have, and so we need to speak faith, and, and we need to uh, be an example of that faith um, in all that we do, and not just when we're here at church on Sundays, right? And so we need to follow their example of faith as well, so um, I think that's in, in Hebrews 13, if I'm not mistaken, about uh, uh, following after their example of faith. And so um, that is the way to possess. That is the way to, to step out in faith. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to doubt. You know, self-doubt uh, and being critical of our, you know, you, your mistakes, you just got to get over that mistake by forgiving yourself. It starts by forgiving yourself for your past mistakes and don't be afraid the next time the, the light turns green, uh, you're going to go. Another thing, uh, not in my notes, just, but unforgiveness. Unforgiveness holds people back so much. That's a green light right there. You have a green light to forgive. You don't have to sit there and wonder about it and pray about it. No, you can, you can forgive someone that's wronged you by faith. And you do it by faith and through faith, and, and then you go on. Amen? So I hope this helped you tonight.